Hi, this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. One of the big challenges for companies as well as investors when it comes to ESG is wrangling the data points that are important to every stakeholder and are relevant to the issue of sustainability. In this episode of the podcast, we speak with Rebecca Manguela, founder and CEO of Clarity AI. Clarity AI uses big data and machine learning to track a broad universe of companies and measure sustainability metrics. In January, BlackRock purchased a minority stake in the company, and it plans to integrate Clarity AI into its investment analytics platform. In the episode, we discuss the importance of disclosures, the challenges uh, to standardize ESG data, and why there's no turning back when it comes to sustainability reporting. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I, get, I guess uh, I'll start off just a quick stupid question is sort of, um, you know, what's your background and in, in, in how we, did you become involved with Clarity AI? Yeah, my, my background, well, I'm, I'm an engineer, as a background telecommunications engineer. I worked as an engineer uh, for a few years, then as a management consultant at Boston, Boston Consulting Group, did my MBA at Harvard Business School, then uh, worked in private equity, then I started a company uh, that I sold uh, to Groupon, the Groupon company. So I was the founder and CEO of Blink. Hmm. That was my first startup. And then I worked for uh, Groupon, then for Santander Bank, uh, leading digital transformation. And then I started Clarity four years ago. And the way I got involved into the sustainable investing world uh, uh, was uh, were a combination of my background in engineering uh, that I thought that the software as a service tool uh, could uh, help investors to understand sustainability of the investments. And also uh, my experience at Santander Bank um, uh, when uh, I realized that sustainable investing was growing significantly, actually. That was uh, five, six years ago. Hmm. Um, and... Uh, my, my field study at, at Harvard uh, Business School was also around social impact measurement, but that was back in 2010, and it was still too early for, the, for, for this trend. Right. So maybe you could describe, uh, I mean, I have background in Clarity AI, but what, what, um, maybe you could describe what the goal is and what Clarity AI does. Yeah, so basically Clarity AI is... Uh, uh, well, our, our mission uh, is bringing social impact to market. So we are trying to uh, help investors, but also other society stakeholders, so corporates, uh, governments, in the future consumers as well, to understand the social and environmental impact uh, of organizations, investments. Um, and we try to address that challenge of uh, measuring social and environmental impact uh, through technology. Uh, so leveraging latest technologies. So basically what we do is it's three main things. So one is uh, the, we, we solve the, the challenge of uh, data, so data coverage, data reliability. Mm. The second one will be about methodologies. Once, once you have so much data available, you have to aggregate the data in a way that is simple to understand and, and the investors can make sense of it. So we have our own proprietary methodologies to help investors um, understand the performance of companies or portfolios with aggregated scores. Uh, we also allow them to customize the scores, so, so develop their own views or their own methodologies. And then the tools, uh, our, our platform 
so we provide software as a service, um, software as a service platform, so they can access the data, the methodologies anywhere, anytime. They just upload a portfolio or check a company uh, real time uh, easily um, from the web app or integrating our capabilities into the platforms that they are already using as a servicing platforms or fund distribution platforms, whatever tools or platforms they use today. Yeah, that all makes sense. And I, I, I'm going to get into a couple of deeper questions on the investor side later. But um, I, I guess my question is, um, what are some of the data sets that uh, Clarity AI is pulling in, both you know, broadly and specifically for any corporate data sets that you're pulling in? Yeah, so the data that we have in the platform comes from many different sources, right? Hundreds of sources. And it could be quantitative data, like CO2 emissions, percentage women, turnover of the employees, etc. Qualitative data, so policies, memberships, targets, and also controversies. So um, uh, controversies that are assessed based on, well, events, real-time events like news, for example. Uh, so having those three types of data, the data can come from third-party providers. It could be data that we collect ourselves because the companies uh, many times self-report the data. Right. Not as much as we would like to see, right? But there, there is uh, uh, self-reported data by companies and also estimation models. So when the data is not available and it is possible to be estimated using other attributes, um, we, we apply machine learning estimation models to, to expand the coverage. And um you know, so how do you, um, let me ask this, how do you see investors using this data that you provide? What sort of decisions are they making based on the data? Yeah, there are different use cases by investors, right? So hmm. from reporting, so reporting on different different frameworks, let's say ESG, which is trying to assess risk linked to sustainability metrics from carbon footprint, or the TCFD, which are recommendations around um, uh, climate disclosure or the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So uh, it could be reporting around those different frameworks or um, analysis on their existing portfolios or portfolio creation. So we cover a wide range of uh, use cases. We also provide our tools uh, for corporates to understand their own performance, to um, compare themselves to their peers, to better understand uh, how investors are looking at their performance as well. So it's, it's, an, it's a tool for both for investors and, and corporates. I, I want to ask you a, a bit of a judgmental question, but um, how would you um, describe or measure the quality of self-reported data coming out of corporates? And I, I, I can imagine this can yeah. be um, different based on location. So I guess compared, does it, does it matter on locations or Europeans uh, companies better at self-reported data than us companies? How would you describe that? So that, that's a great question. So one, one of the advantages of using technology to check the reliability of the data is that you are able to potentially remove biases of analysts looking at the specific companies. And it's not just biases in terms of location or how they might report the data, but also in terms of small companies versus large companies. So what we see is that in terms of 
the quality of the self-reported data, what we're trying to do is, first of all, try to adjust to the different reporting standards. Uh, so there are different reporting standards, either in different countries or different industries. So we, we use algorithms to check uh, uh, if, the, if the numbers make sense within a specific distribution, right? And, and also we use other attributes um, to, again, check reliability of, of the data that the companies are reporting. For example, if you have an airline uh, that, that is reporting CO2 emissions, you can also try to look into things like revenue passengers, right? And, and how is that? Or aircrafts and, and how is that number? Does that number make sense looking at the rest of the peers in that sub-industry? So that, that's how we try to understand if the self-reported data actually makes sense. We, we also try to uh, uh, understand as well if, um, uh, if the reporting might be consistent, right? So if you are, for example, reporting CO2 emissions, if uh, you are offsetting emissions or not, right? Because you might be buying a certificate or, or doing um, offsetting somehow and the, the reported emissions that you that you have might be might be different or including certain offsettings. We also try to look into things like are those emissions reported market based or location based, which are two different ways of reporting, right? So th there are different things that you have to to look into. And this is just, uh, I'm just now talking about emissions, but we have hundreds of metrics, right? There are biodiversity, water, waste. So the, the industry is uh, getting more and more sophisticated around this kind of data and information. And of course, they need tools more and more to, to make sense of, of this data and knowing how to use it with, without having to spend too much time educating themselves in the, in the topics, right? Yeah, and I, I yeah that, that totally makes sense. So one question I want to follow up, and you mentioned that the the different standards, the reporting standards mm -hmm. that are out there, um, and I understand that you use machine learning to sort of um, you know equalize them across different data sets. Uh, how big a lift is that, and and um, what are your expectations for data standards going for reporting going standards going forward? Do you think it, if it, it as the different reporting standards as a uh, significant hurdle or is it something that you know technology can go can overcome yeah i mean the different reporting standards well it also happens with with uh, accounting right there are different standards of accounting in different places so i guess it's is a it's a problem in 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 other things that is not just sustainable reporting but um yeah i, I guess uh what, what we are seeing is that there is, we, we are moving towards more standardization, hopefully, right? So that's going to be the case. So that's going to make things easier. And again, uh, acknowledging that there are going to be different standards potentially in different industries or different countries. That's why we aim to provide a tool that helps investors reconcile those, those different standards or make sense of those standards or even reporting according to different standards, right? So that's our point of view that if we provide investors with the tools uh, and they can select and have the flexibility on the standards that they want to use, uh, either for reporting uh, or for uh, or at least understanding the differences, if a company is reporting according to different standards, I guess is that's uh, that's what we are trying to do: empowering investors to to make sense of all those challenges. 
companies are now operating in a hyper-transparent world where environmental or social vulnerabilities can surface rapidly and directly impact corporate performance. Against this backdrop, transparency can be a tool to promote resilience and adaptability when a disruptive environmental or social event occurs. Deloitte helps their clients embrace transparency and deliver the information stakeholders need to make decisions. They offer comprehensive enterprise risk, strategy, and disclosure services, from risk assessment through assurance, and proven solutions for specific KPIs, such as climate risk and scenario planning, environmental health and safety, and sustainable supply chain. Wherever you are on the sustainability spectrum, Deloitte can tailor their approach to help you prioritize, integrate, and deliver the non-financial reporting insight that promotes stakeholder trust and value. Visit www.deloitte.com US slash Deloitte ESG to learn more. Look for the link in the episode show notes. One question sort of in the, usually you have different standards, but you also, you know, have different um, countries with different reporting compliance standards within those countries. How would you describe those? Um, and I guess uh, more specifically, how would you describe U.S. companies compared to European companies when it comes to this sort of access, access to this sort of data? Um, I mean, the reality is that in Europe, uh, more countries are uh, are uh, or have regulations uh, that uh, make companies uh, report sustainability data, and also investors now. Uh, actually, there is a European taxonomy trying to standardize sustainable investing reporting, uh, and the SFDR and several other initiatives in Europe. You might think that that will make uh, European companies report or, or have a higher degree of disclosure. Mm. Uh, I will say that is not always the case, right? Like it depends on the size of the company, on the industry. What we see, which is quite common, is that large companies have more resources to dedicate to uh, more reporting, more disclosure than smaller or, or medium companies. So we see more differences in that and maybe across geographies. Mm. Uh, but I guess uh, the availability of the information in our experience has not been, looking at, at the data, has not been that much driven by regulation, but by other, more by demand, by the investors who are pushing to know more or um, uh, the end customers as well, like higher so social awareness, so not necessarily driven by by the regulation always. Right, right. One, one of the um, big issues that uh, is debated in the U.S. is, and it's a bit of a technical um, compliance issue, but it's it's important to the preparers, is materiality. Is yeah. the is the um, information material. Um, how, how do you think about that and the sort of back and forth regarding materiality of, of ESG information? Yeah, the, the, there are different views of materiality. I believe that uh, the same way that uh, analysts and researchers develop their own views on risk and return or future return of companies or even the valuation of different companies, investors are going to be developing their own views on materiality. So mm -hmm. there is not just going to be one view. Um, there are uh, different industry players that are uh, publishing now their materiality matrices, even uh, asset managers that are 
publishing their methodologies on how they assess ESG. So I believe there is going to be more and more transparency, potentially more um, correlation across different ways of uh, look at the materiality of the different metrics in different industries. But I guess in the future, analysts might keep developing their own views, mm. right? Of uh, It's going to be also a way to uh, find an edge or, or different investment strategies. Um, in our opinion, uh, the complexity is even, or, or the level of sophistication is now even higher because it's not just about materiality around ESG topics, but also materiality around other types of frameworks, right? Mm -hmm. That is not just environmental social governance, but for example, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and its 17 goals more than 100, uh, I think it's 169 targets, right? So if you start also thinking about, okay, from all those targets and all those metrics, what are the most material indicators? It starts getting also more complicated, right? So I guess that yeah. inclusion of non-financial metrics is going to keep getting more and more sophisticated. Uh, but it also allows, I guess, uh, investors to develop new products and, and, uh, and find new investment strategies as well, right? Yeah, and I, I wanted to follow up on that because, um, you know, just taking it from the preparer side, uh, from from the management side, you know, it, there are, as you described, there are different standards. There are different um, definitions of materiality depending on the different investors. Um, and from the preparer side, they're always thinking about, look, how can I do this in the most uniform fashion that will uh, address most of the issues. Um, of course, cost is certainly a, um, a, a thought, but it's also about, you know, being consistent and addressing, um, you know, the entire market without sort of, you know, um, specific things for specific sets of people. So I guess, how do you address the complexity and um, I'm sort of long-winded on this, but the complexity of, of ESG reporting, if you're a preparer trying to get some sort of standard, repeatable process in place. Yeah, I get that comes back again to technology, right? The problem is that now in that reporting, apart from standardization and, and reporting standards for corporates like the GRI or the SASB reporting, uh, they have hundreds of metrics, right, 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 that they are asking the companies to report. The problem is that either they don't have the resources or, or they cannot just do, like, share that data in a scalable fashion, right? That's why we actually developed our corporate or our tool for corporate. We started with the tool for investors, but we ended also developing a tool for corporates. So corporates could upload the information, check the information, compare themselves to their peers, estimate their own information in a more scalable fashion, right? That it mm -hmm. was not uh, hiding uh, an army of consultants to to make sure they report on every single metric that they have to. So I guess um, it, it has to be done through technology and through algorithms more and more. So um, I know we're coming up towards the time. So uh, sort of a wrap-up question. Um, you know, where, I guess, uh, following up on that, where do you see um, ESG reporting going in the next five years? And, and what's the interplay with that with, as you mentioned, technology? Yeah, so uh, I I believe that it's going to get 
way more sophisticated and uh, more uh, widespread. So most of the asset managers are now integrating any way of, or form of uh, ESG or sustainable investing uh, frameworks because ESG, as I said, is just one framework, right? There are many other frameworks that are being used. So I guess um, the, the, the industry is going to start uh, integrating sustainable metrics more and more. And in, in my opinion, uh, uh, not just for risk assessment or financial performance assessment, meaning, okay, I, I'll include uh, non-financial metrics or sustainability metrics for risk assessment, like the ESG framework, but also reporting impact as an additional dimension, right? So what we see more and more is that investors and, and corporates are reporting impact not just as a factor of, okay, how is this going to affect my financial performance or the risk of this company, but also as a completely separate dimension, additional dimension about what is my actual impact on society or my environmental impact, regardless of the, the, the risk or, or the financial performance. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, do, do you think that was really brought out by the COVID-19 crisis? Uh, I know a lot of people I speak to. I guess it, yeah, it has accelerated. I guess before the COVID-19 crisis, the focus, I believe, was more on the environmental metrics, not just climate, but maybe others like water, waste, uh, biodiversity, etc., air pollution. But uh, I believe after, during and an, uh, well, during the COVID-19 crisis, uh, because unfortunately we are still going through it. So uh, the social metrics uh, have started taking, um, uh, yeah, I guess more importance. Uh, the inequality, uh, health, uh, all kind of like, and also the Black Lives Matter uh, movement in the US, I guess, um, had an impact on all the diversity metrics as well. So. Yeah, social metrics are, are, are taking more importance uh, over the last uh, year or so. Yeah. Great. Those are my questions. Um, I really okay. appreciate you taking the time. Really, it's been fascinating. 